I'm Ryan Johnson. I'm Tyler Schmidt. I'm Lou Janu. And this is Car Talk, a podcast about trading cards. We're here to teach you everything you need to know about flipping cards. Whether it's the next breakout rookie, a new Magic the Gathering release on the way, or Pokemon's 25th anniversary, we'll break it all down. So sit back and listen up. Those cards collecting dust in your closet could make you some real cash. Welcome to Card Talk. All right, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to Card Talk. I'm Ryan, joined as always by Tyler and Lou. Today, we have a lot of questions to get into. We're going to do a largely Q&A episode here. We will talk about potentially rigged slash hot boxes with kabooms. We saw that going uh, viral on Twitter earlier this week. Doing reaction faces to everything you say. Go. <laughs> and then we're going to start with what's on your mind. And I think we should start with Lou. As Lou, your Houston Astros won another World Series. So congrats, mm-hmm. first and foremost, to you and your uh, Houston Astros. That is since the beginning, since the beginning, never in question that you've been an Astros fan. Some of your other fandom, questionable. But the Astros through and through, and you guys won another World Series. So I just wanted to uh, start this episode off with you, talk about what's on your mind, and give you your... Uh, your five minutes here with uh, the Houston Astros. Thank you. Yeah, it feels it feels good to be the best. I think um, I think from day one of this season, I was on the show trying to make it clear that the Astros were the best team in the league. I'm not going to overdo it, Rye, because like it was so dominant that it's like hard to even talk about it in like a in a jokey way. Because when you just kick the shit out of everybody you play over and over again in the playoffs. It just is so it's crazy. Like the first round was actually the hardest round that they played all playoffs long, which is pretty surprising to say. Looking back on it, was first round the Mariners? Yeah, the Mariners sweep was the hardest series we played, I think. But yeah, I mean, listen, the Astros were amazing. The bullpen was unbelievable. Jeremy Pena is like my hero in life. I'm working on getting this autograph thing set up. Ryan helped me with that with some suggestions last night, so I appreciate him for that. So yeah, we're, we'll be back next year, and we're going to win the World Series again next year, and I'm going to be at everyone's neck again. But for now, I'll keep it quiet, and I'm just happy to be a champion. On to football. Last week, Ryan had a lot of really stupid things to say about the Jets, a lot of really <laughs> stupid things to say about the quarterback. And this past Sunday, the Super Bowl favorites and the MVP favorite walked into MetLife and got dominated, <laughs> got beaten down for four straight quarters. And the Jets had a statement win that I haven't seen the Jets have in a really, 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 really long time. So we're playing for the AFC East. We're playing for playoff positioning the rest of the way. I don't know if Ryan wants to apologize for all of his words last week or not. But um, yeah, what's on my mind is just how great my sports life is going right now. It was a pretty, pretty epic weekend for you. Ty? Yeah, I. what's on my mind is I brought a little collection by. Today, recording at the uh, 137 office, just getting in the, in the mood a little bit here. World Cup's coming up. I got my KDB sticker, BGS9. KDB? Oh, Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, one of the greatest, young Belgian. Their team, they're like a little bit past the window. I got a 96-97 Thierry Henry in the Monaco, 8-5. If you know, you know, Terry Henri, one of the greats of all time. Is he a coach now? No, he's a pundit. Oh. Am I thinking about Wayne Rooney? That's what I'm thinking about. Yeah, Rooney is. Thierry Henry does a great show. They do the Premier League uh, for NBC. 
Mbappe and our favorite player, Corinthian Jean, his rookie mm, card. Yes. But then, not to get too long-winded, but this card has come out. It's World Cup season. We got the Neymar gold kaboom of 10, PSA 9, favored to win the World Cup. A lot of pressure on my man's shoulders. A lot could change for him. Did you get that from Roberto? No. I got this. Uh, <laughs> I got this from my man, Lou. What's my man's name from the old, uh, who always had the kabooms on deck? From the first show we went to, National Chicago, and we were buying the kaboom packs for like 200 bucks or something. And we <laughs> got a Mbappe gold kaboom, that PSA 10. Well, those packs you know came who I'm talking we bought, about though. We, I know who you're talking about, but the packs that day, could you pull them out of those packs? No, the uh, the I pulled this out of one of the packs, I believe. But I the Mbappe gold we bought from the dude, and I actually think I bought this from that dude too. Maybe you did, but those packs you bought an Mbappe had, gold. It's sitting. Yeah. yeah, Gary's got it. Yeah. Wow. That that was maybe you know one of the best things I brought to the table. Potentially ever was saying the word soccer. At the Potentially ever <laughs> was saying the word soccer in uh, at what was that 2019 national in Chicago, PSA nine Cristiano Ronaldo rookie number one thirty seven sticker price seven hundred bucks. Yeah, that picture is iconic. That was a pretty good one. And then just got a little uh, Charizard tops on blue backed, and then a little Snorlax for the people out there. First edition, PSA 9. So, yeah, I was just, you know, getting the vibes, getting ready. Got my Guitar World Cup book over here. You know, I just want to do a little show and tell today. You know, just really honing in during these times of building out my collection and my special pieces. And it's World Cup season. And so I wanted to bring out a couple things. And then Lou and I had a pretty epic, probably one of, probably the most fun I've ever had in my life on Sunday. Easily. Me, Lou, Ripsy. If you know Ripsy, if you listen to this, Adam Rips. Shout out Rips. Um, and, uh, and Nate. Big car talk listener. Lou and I pretty much and Fireman Ed spent four hours together. Um, at one point, Fireman Ed's helmet. Actually, now that I touch it, it's sore. His helmet was literally gauging into the side of my my head okay jay was in the in the, in the parking lot at the tailgate he was at the game but no, we didn't sit with you bro jay. like i didn't spend the four and a half hours together and literally go through camera gate as the wire was like falling on me and lou yeah did you see that right no there was a there you know they have that overhead camera mm-hmm it was like broken and it was flying around and it almost hit, it was almost hitting players. So they had to pause the game for like 15 minutes to try to get it down. It was so, Bro, it was so <laughs> classic. So the Jets are down 14-3, score before the half, somehow get off the field. Going the Jets to- were down 14-3 and 120 to 17. Yes, Ryan, they're good. <laughs> so they're down 14-3. We score a touchdown, go into half. Somehow they should have scored before half. They didn't. We're up 14-10. We're driving down. We get to the 22. The place is electric. We're about to take the lead. And a 20-minute delay because the production camera over is like flailing around. Can't figure it out. Immediately come out after a 20-minute delay. False start. Five yards on the 22. Now we're on the 27 behind the eight ball. And I think Zach got strip sacked. Fumble. We're devastated. That was the rough in the passer, I think. I think. No, that's when he got stripped from behind. 
And we lost the ball. That was oh, Ron yeah, Miller. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, right. Three yeah, plays. Ball start, start miss pass, strip sack. Hey, Brian, they won Camera the game, gate. you dope. What are you doing? And then what happens <laughs> comes out and sauce pick. So that's my recap. Back to talking about some cards. And Sunday was great. Shout out to Ty. Ty said uh, 2019 National. My guy, look, I mean, check this out. Wow. Let's go. That was a good shirt I had on, too. Young Ryan. Young Ryan. That's Ty. where it all began. 2019. That's where it all began. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, Sauce Gardner, man. Legit. Legit, 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 legit. DJ we Reed, saw legit. Garrett Wilson and Sauce Gardner. That's and Jermaine Johnson, who's been hurt. Yeah, he made the play of the game on Sunday. He read. I don't know Josh much about him out. as much as I know the other guys. Oh, that uh, was my rookie year pick, JJ. He might come on late in the second half. So, I mean, if it's not Sauce at this point, I'll be stunned. Really? Defense? Yeah. What's on my mind? Ohio State football. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it. Like, I'm just. We go to Northwestern. They said they recorded 80-mile-an-hour winds. It was absolutely crazy. It was raining sideways. And we somehow just can't figure out how to run the ball until, like, the fourth quarter. Beat a 1-7 Northwestern team, now 1-8 Northwestern team, uh, by 14 points. Stroud had 79 rush yards, which is three more than his pass yards. Yeah, I just got to figure it out. Big game in three weeks. Got to figure it out. It's all that's on my mind at the moment. Just like, like Lou, like... Lou, I, I think with you, if you could only have one team ever win a title ever again, like the rest of your life, only one team can ever win. Are you picking the Astros? No, they already won. I picked the Jets. You picked the Jets? I care about the Jets more than I care about the Astros. Yeah, see, that's how I feel about Ohio State. Yeah. Yeah, if Penn State football, like Penn State football winning a national title is actually so far out there for me that I don't know. The Jets have a better chance of winning the Super Bowl. 20, 2016. Then Penn State does have a win in the Natty title. I, I, I would yeah, agree 100%. with that. I would agree with that. But not for long. Yikes. But not for long. What do you mean? You, you wouldn't pick the Jets over Penn State. No. Oh, no, Ty I would pick you, Penn State. Yeah. Okay, I thought you were saying and, like, it's uh, so far away. I, I think we have, a outside sh- we have an outside shot next year. We're going to be really good next year, probably two years from now. When these both these running backs are juniors, maybe we have two top-tier running backs. Both true freshmen. I mean, if you beat Ohio State, and Penn, Ohio State and Michigan, you're if in. If we had beat one of them, we'd probably be going. Yeah, uh, maybe. It's Alabama and us as the best two lost teams. Michigan. I mean, shall we have a seventh-year quarterback? Like, let's be real. You're not better than LSU. We're ranked above them as it's in the rankings of two lost teams, Alabama and then us. Yeah, for now. Isn't LSU LSU's number LSU. seven in the country? They just beat. Uh, they just beat Alabama. They just gave Alabama. LSU the and Penn State are very, very good teams. I don't want to hear none of this. LSU is just who give Bama their second loss. They just beat them. I know. And how many losses does LSU have? Two. Hmm. Maybe I haven't looked over that. <laughs> It'll happen. Sometimes you look over something. Yeah. <laughs> it happens. Right. Don't worry. Your team's not winning the championship. That's facts. So. Hmm. Hope so. Hope you're wrong about that. Hope you're wrong. Somebody, uh, somebody reached out to me the other day after last week's episode and said, "Brother, they haven't had the point settable in four years." Yeah, the point settable was a tough one. <laughs> yeah, it's that not even a real thing. Like, talk about looking over something. Where you been at? What do you think you'll play on New Year, uh, in like in the bowl? Where do you guys think you're a going? A big six bowl. Do they have any tough games left? Like ten wins in a big six bowl. Ever heard of it? You think you're going to get to ten wins? Yes, like what? 
I mean, they don't really. I mean, they got a tough game coming up, though. We've we've been beating every team other than the two teams that are top five in the country. Sorry, like sorry, sorry. Yeah, I'm just. They got a tough one coming up in two weeks, though. Who? Who? They got to come to New Jersey and play Rutgers. Michigan State, like Michigan what? What is what? Michigan gave him a Michigan gave him a half. I'm just saying. They were up seven. Let's get into cards because I don't understand there. what you're talking about. We have we <laughs> played Maryland, Rutgers, and Michigan State. Rutgers, tough game. Let's go. Hmm. We'll see. Let's go. Just more like time limit this week, so just like getting Ty fired up. Um, do want to talk about the tweet went out. I think it was yep. Eric. Uh, Eric again. Eric just really at the center of a lot of controversy in the huh? <laughs> they, uh, I had, again, I think this is something in the hobby that, like, you guys, we talked about it before with when we talked about the backyard stuff, that, like, this is always just hearsay, like, hey, there are boxes, they've got case hits in them, like, could they have loaded boxes, could people be getting specific ones, and this kaboom with Crown Royal is... This is a lot more evidence than I've ever seen. If this is if this is true, this is this is pretty crazy stuff. Um, but it talks about like the tweet says. According to several prominent breakers, Kaboom cards can be found in Panini Crown Royal by looking at the serial number on the box's hologram. Cards Infinity reports that this has been true for many products since 2012. How many other products is this true for? This is bad. Can I ask you a question? Do you consider this to be like? bad or is this just like breakers have an advantage because it's something that they know isn't that just like inside knowledge like that's just like tools of the trade in a way i think this would be bad from a resale perspective on hobby boxes because it would make a case much more desirable than a search through hobby box but isn't that already the case yeah but i think this would only widen the gap even more Widen the gap, sure, because more people are aware of it, which makes, yes. Because I I, I didn't, like, I had no idea, that, truthfully, I had no idea that this was a thing. Like, I'd never heard that, like, a Kaboom, ser- like, was directly related to a serial number on a box, right? That's like, interesting to hear for everybody. I mean, you're pretty, you're pretty involved, like, <laughs> for you to not, not know that. Not one time have I ever yeah. heard that you could get a serial number and it would guarantee, right? Like, now I look at the serial numbers all the time. I'll pull 22. It's my lucky lucky number. I'll pull twenty nine. Right, <laughs> you I'll really? the boxes. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Uh, twenty four. Like, there's a video on You're YouTube. One of my degenerate. first videos on YouTube. On, <laughs> he on, really is. I'm telling you, go back eighteen. I think it was eighteen nineteen. Donner's retail. I bought a box at a show. It ended in twenty four. A like a week after Kobe died, and I hit a Kobe auto redemption in the box. I swear really? to you, there's it's it's on YouTube. I literally have the videos still up. So like twenty four eight. A 96 the year Kobe was drafted 23 for jo- Jordan LeBron oh yeah like I'm more interested you open in the card number boxes because like I'm... I play roulette yeah exactly. what the, the hell same thing. I gamble the same way like pick my lucky numbers right <sighs> our anniversary is the 6 I'll take 6 um, our, yeah, know, it's like when someone goes and buys a lockup they go buy a Powerball and they do like their kid's birthday or whatever yeah that's literally how I pick boxes oh my god that's like so box funny. 47 does nothing for me that's box crazy. 29 I've I'm never... taking that box I've never even thought to look at that. But anyway, getting back to the story. Yeah. So I had never heard of it, right? I always picked my numbers just based on like you'd like you'd pick Powerball or Roulette. But yeah, I think this widens the margin between single boxes and hobby box or in cases if it's true. Yeah, it's 
wild, wild if this is if this is actually something that is across the board true. It is. Um, Tyler is seeing a visitor, but um, <laughs> I, I was going to say, like, it's unfortunate, I guess, from a consumer perspective, if you weren't aware of it on the Panini side, like, I would imagine this is like how they have their like checks and balances in place of like how they know where things are going and whatever. Like we were talking about that recently, like they don't know where cards are. That seems like a pretty- See, that to me, like that still to me seems wild. Like, because great cards get pulled from random card shops in the middle of nowhere. That happens, right? So if you're Panini- Well, I'm not saying they're controlling it. I'm just saying they know what has what. Gotcha. So you think- do, Lou, do you think when flawless basketball comes out, this is all opinion, right? This we have no facts. Yeah, I, I, I don't know anything. When flawless basketball comes out, do you think Panini is intentional in where no. it goes? Or no. Do you think it's completely random? I don't think Panini Group or whatever the hell it is is intentional about where cards go. I don't think that. I would I would agree with that. What I wonder is. It says in the tweet from Eric that this is confident with other product. Like this happens with other products. Yep. What I would be curious about is how big is that list? I would imagine it's the same across a lot of products. Like if it's happening on Crown Royale, it's probably happening on other stuff too. Almost everything I would would think. But again, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing. Like I just think it's like this is how they like track this stuff maybe there should be another way like you can make i mean there should be another way that it isn't publicly available what has what in the box but i don't know like i don't necessarily see this as like a like a super negative thing in that way i don't know if that makes you know yeah it's just if it gets if if this information is in the hands of the wrong person right like and like it, it wouldn't be hard to have Let's say, you know, you, you have a breaker that does mixers, right? And they take a box, yep. they open a case of crown, yep. they find any of the serial numbers that they like, they pull those out, they take out the other boxes and they throw them in mixers and get rid of them. Like at random, right? You make it sound like it's completely, uh, it's completely random, but the good boxes have been moved, used for personal gain. Everything else is just dumped on the side as completely random. Can't you just do that with like a, isn't that already done? Like, can you weigh a box or something, you know? I'm sure that not everybody is. Yeah, I mean, it's just going to come down to an ethics thing. Yeah, I'm. My yeah. whole point is like, I don't that's, think this is fair. any different than anything else that's already been going on. I think it was made out in the beginning, and I thought it was actually. Now that we're sitting here talking about, it, I feel like it's not as big of a deal as I thought it was before. But it just seems like this is how they're doing tracking. I don't know, Tyler, if you had a thought. I didn't mean to interrupt you before. No, you're good. I'm. I'm trying to. I. I this is. I come into this show it not having really been on my radar. I tend to take the side of, I, I don't know, is it a big deal? Like, yeah, this, this is where I am too. Sure. Like, but I don't know. Uh, eight, 20 months ago, we were on here saying that breaking boxes on Instagram is no different than going to the casino. Like, I, it's just, I, it feels like some data that is put together to support a claim that I don't know how wide or substantiated it can be like Uh, okay but how many people are getting access i guess people buy boxes and get big cards i think that's true is there maybe some bad acting 
going on where a couple people have this info and they're running some way that they're getting their hands on these boxes? Maybe. But is there a trail of all of these kabooms showing up with the same person that's using the data? I don't know. Like, that's where I'm just like, I, I don't want to play the role personally of like hobby watchdog and, uh, you know, so if there if this is happening and in the manufacturing process, yes, I do believe that overseas from the direct manufacturers, they are having some system of understanding where the biggest cards are going. And if that data is publicly available in some capacity, like that will need to get figured out and changed. Yeah, I would agree with that. But I don't know. I can't. I, I'm not. I haven't seen what the reports say, nor do I feel a need to come to a conclusion on what's happening and how it should be solved. Yeah, I just think it needs to be like it crushes hobby boxes if. I don't know if it crushes, but I just think the ability to buy a hobby box is no different than if you walked into a casino and knew which which slot machines were about to hit jackpots. You're not like wrong, but like cards? people count cards and like they say that's illegal, but people still do it and pull it off. And it's like been widely documented and they make adjustments for more decks and all that. And so that's, I think, where to lose like with like the insider trick of the trade. Like, Ryan, you run a very large card shop. You move a lot of product. You move a lot of units. A lot of people come into your store with the trust and faith that you're selling them boxes that have not been chosen or pulled out or dictated as what it is. And I would say that probably for 95, 98%, 99% of the, that's everywhere. Is there potentially this thing uncovered? Sure. To get to it, you need to be spending probably a shitload of money. And do I like, so I think where that is, is okay. If a store is bringing in cases among cases, they're able to look at the you know, numbers, they pull those ones out that have the kabooms, they open them themselves, they then either hold them, you know, or sell them. I think where Lou is saying is like, okay, well, if you bring in a case, you open a box in a hobby shop, it has the hit, and then you sell the rest of the boxes in the case. Is that any different? Because that's like a real thing, you know? That happens every day. So, like, if you're yeah. if you're a breaker and you open a case and the first hot box you on the break, boom, hit, you're not you know, discounting the rest of the boxes in the case. Yeah. I mean, there's still other chase cards. There are, but... The, yeah, but that's still the case either way. I, I, right? In, in like, a case, there's a case hit. There's, like, there are certain things, and as those get removed or less likely, they're not changing the odds. No different than at a blackjack table, if all the 10s are coming out up front, the odds aren't adjusted based on what else is coming out. So, yeah, I, again... Just goes back to what we said 20 minutes ago. This is unregulated gambling, you know, in the highest form and has been for a very long time. The explosion of content is a newer thing that will probably take some adjustment at, from the production side, if that makes sense. Well, me make one more point on this. I think the only advantage, and we can move on, Ryan, I know you have to go soon. I think the only advantage it grants you is like a knowledge gap when you're buying loose boxes. Because if you know when you're buying a loose box, oh, I see that sticker, that gives me, I know to buy that. And it's the same way as when you're buying a certain kind of car that you know is more rare and someone has in a value box for a dollar. I see that as like similar to me. But maybe there's more to it and there's something we're not seeing and that's why we're reacting this way, but we'll see. Yeah. Jason, we've got a lot of questions. So nice. we're going to do, uh, we're going to do some Facebook questions. Uh, I will 
hint, shout out to those of you that are 20 some minutes in, still listening, still watching. Uh, we're going to have something coming up here relatively soon. We are going to do uh, play of the year. We'll talk more about that soon. Have some uh, some cool opportunities uh, to win some cool stuff. So stay tuned for that. So if you think you have a play of the year potential candidate, uh, save that, have that ready. We'll uh, we'll drop some more knowledge, uh, some more insight on that here very, very soon. Uh, but just uh, keep that in the back of your mind because there's, uh, there's going to be some opportunities coming. But uh, first question is from Tyler. Uh, Tyler Roan says, if Fanatics doesn't buy out Panini, how do we feel about the future draft picks products? Would you miss having Prism and select draft picks or look forward to Bowman Chrome draft picks? Big college football fan, and it would be sad to lose the Panini products personally. So uh, first things first is draft picks products does not have an effect on Fanatics and Panini coming to an agreement. Panini has collegiate licensing deals with individual colleges and universities that is separate from the NFL license. So Panini's ability to print college products is not affected by Fanatics unless Fanatics goes to those companies directly and says, hey, we want this to be exclusive. Uh, I don't know how likely that is or isn't, but Panini at the moment still has the ability and will still have the ability uh, to print college products as they have individual deals with individual colleges and universities. What just got canceled? Prism draft picks. What does that play into with this question? Well, he's just saying if Fanatics doesn't buy out Panini, he's he. What he, this question insinuates is that when if Panini doesn't buy out Fanatics and Panini goes away and loses their NFL license, they're not going to make college products anymore. And that I don't know what Panini's plans are. I don't know if there's a deal. I don't know those things. But yep. Panini would still have the ability to print college products regardless if Fanatics owns the NFL licensing or not. I think you got to look the other way. I think the vulnerability is the college athletes not doing the deals with the universities. That's me. Like, that's where I'm at. Like, I just think that if you're... I don't think... I, I think they're separate, Ty. I think Panini has a deal with you, Ohio State to use their their likeness, their logo for cards. Yeah. The deal with CJ Stroud is, is, isn't that not through Panini, not through Ohio State, then through Panini? I think that, no, the, the athletes, like there's like NCAA is probably where they have it and the bargaining because Panini's not doing a deal with every college athlete that's on a card. Yeah, it's more like getting autographs you'll have to... It'll, it'll I think it's collective. Like, I think it's just collective bargaining is, as a college athlete. There, th- that can't be entirely true because Leaf doesn't have access to Ohio State's logo. Leaf doesn't have licensing. And Leaf has deals with Stroud, Jack. But they might, they might be going and doing it direct. But I don't think Panini across all of Prism Traffic is doing all the players. I think there's got... I, I don't know. I think there's some collective, and we can look into this and maybe report back, but... Some collective, but I would imagine some of the bigger names have their own deals. Well, you For it, it wasn't possible before Agreed. a year and a half ago. Like, that wasn't allowed. Agreed. I, 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 agreed. It wasn't then, but you didn't have those guys in products then. Now you do. So... I don't, I don't, I don't understand what it, it not being possible two years ago has to do with right now. I'm saying, yeah, Stroud wasn't in products two years ago. Now there was Justin Fields. They weren't in those products then, but they are now. So I don't think Panini is like, hey, Gene Smith, can you get CJ Stroud to sign us 150 autographs? I think Panini is like, hey, CJ Stroud, we'll pay you X amount of dollars to sign these 1,000 autographs and we'll put these in these products. Yeah, if anything, it hurts, I would say, probably hurts like a leaf more than anything, right? Because then Panini would be signing these people to these deals, right? 
Yeah, I think the the exclusivity deals are what are the most challenging to any of these companies, but we haven't seen it yet to my understanding. I don't think you've, I mean, Stroud and Bryce Young. Uh, well, Trevor Lawrence had a tops deal last year. Yeah, but that was a tops like, th- that was for like two seconds. Then it was with Panini, right? He had that little set that came out in the beginning of the year that they partnered with him on that didn't have any like licensing on it. It was like Trevor Lawrence in a whole Yeah, I guess shirt. you're right. Yeah. It was a nice shirt. <laughs> it was a nice shirt. <laughs> All right, next question. Uh, Chris Adams, set up at a show for the first time and had this father and son duo. Kid was about 16. That lingered and kept offering horrible trades. Every 30 minutes or so for about four to five hours. How question. do you deal with this and remain positive and friendly? You got to be uh, very candorous and transparent. Like you have to, in the same way if someone, you know, you're doing a deal, they set their box down on your top of your display case. Someone else comes up, they're like, you want to look at my cards? This starts happening on your case. You paid for that table. You're running a shop. Like you have to be a kind of like, if you want to run a good shop, you got to be that way. If someone, if you were running a retail store and someone just came in and was hanging out for 45 minutes, distracting customers, all that, you got to say something and not in a, yo, like you're an ass way. Like, Hey, that I'm not interested in doing deals. We've gone through this a little bit. I'm busy. Can you clear out the space? Like it's all love. I appreciate you. Maybe you do a sympathy deal here and there, but like you got to call it as it is. That's on if it's on you. If you sympathy deal, if you don't say anything, it's on you, not on them. Yeah. So this happens a lot in the shop. Not necessarily this bad trade offering thing, but like when you own a shop, you have places to sit. You have a big like we want it to be a gathering spot. There are definitely times where people try to take advantage of that. Uh, couple things that stick out like the the trading thing is is a super obvious thing hey i have this box of cards i want to trade for this five thousand dollar box of cards unfortunately that doesn't work like it's i think it's how you tell someone not what you tell someone right like i learned that i learned this is something i learned in verizon when we had people escalate and you had to like take those phone calls and tell people that like Hey, no, you're not getting a free phone, but here's why and here's what we could do instead, right? So it's how you tell them, not what we tell them. Some people can take no if you tell them the right way. Like there are people that try to like, uh, one of the common things we see is uh, people want to want to bring lunch in and just chill and hang out and flip through boxes and eat food, right? Bringing canes in to the shop, eating it in the shop while going through boxes. And just, it's like, hey, Unfortunately, we, this is not a public park. You have to take that out, out. Like it's not. I'm not. Our intention is not to be disrespectful, mm-hmm. but it's 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 start nice and then and then work your way up from there. So yeah. And then there's always the sympathy deal. So shout out to I got it. I got to tell you guys this. You guys will laugh. Uh, I woke up this morning. So we had a. You guys saw. I texted you guys about it. We had a piece of content go viral recently. When you guys were in town, we filmed every single trade night. Every one we, we film them. Made a deal with my guy Ian. Mullet kid comes in the shop. He had a box at the show, like at the show. Love you into death. Um, but he had a box he wanted to sell all night. And I didn't want this box. And it was like rookies inserts, jersey. It was 50 bucks worth of stuff. It was not very good. And he's like, I want to get rid of this. I don't want this in my collection anymore. And I was doing a deal with another collector. And he comes up. He's like, hey, we sell this. And he waited for like 30 minutes. We're filming still. He's like, hey, I'd do 120 bucks. I'm like, mm, like it's, it's a $50 box. Don't really want this box. And he's like, I was like, dude, I'll give you a hundred bucks. Like help him out. 
He's like, I'll do 105 and an autograph, right? And we're filming. So I'm like, sure, 105 autograph, shake his hand. And I hand it to a kid right next to me. A dude commented on Instagram this morning and said, wow, smoked a little kid out of $20 just to give it to another kid. And I, <laughs> and I said, I said, perfect. If you're willing to not negotiate with children, please let me know where I can have all of our young collectors reach out to you, where they can hit up you and negotiate knowing yeah. you will pay exactly what they would like. And I'm just like, oh my goodness. No good deed goes people, un- man. No, no good deed goes unpunished. But yeah, it's just You have to be polite and direct. It's like, hey, yeah. appreciate you. But we gotta move it along. So I have the username Instagram on Tyler. Or I have the name username what? Tyler on Instagram. <laughs> my brain's that broken. I have the username Tyler on Instagram. And most people and some prominent people have hit me up and they're like Hey, look, I've really wanted the username Tyler on Instagram. Like, can I have it? And I'm always like, what would you charge? If someone cut you a check for 10 grand, would you sell it? No. 100 grand. 50 grand. 100 grand? Put it in my hand. <laughs> Good for you, Ty. Good for you. Grand. You're bugging, Ty. It's got, it matters. And people ask for it for free. And I'm like, yo, for what? free is crazy. Like, what? Like, is there any Tyler you would give it to for free? It's like, no, no shot, no shot. It's like no if I walked up to your done. your table at a show, Ryan, and you had a card, and I was like, like I've always wanted that card. Can I have that card? <laughs> no. Based on the way you're saying it, it's like if someone had like a Mahomes RPA, and we're like, hey, can I get? This like, for I've free? always wanted it. Can I have? I really love Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> like, no respect for asking, but that's not how that that goes down. People, man, love them. Gotta love them. You should just put like a hundred k for my at in your bio and see what happens. I know. I kind of want to do a deal. Shane Paris says, "Is Justin Fields a buy?" Not right now. Yeah, I would agree with that. That loose comment. I don't think he's a buy right now. The Bears are not good. They're not going to win a lot of games. They need help. Um, Fields is good. He actually does not look bad. I mean, he had, what, 178 rush yards? Like, he's, he broke the record. That's your boy. Rush yards in a game by a QB. I know, that's your yeah, boy. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I've always said, like, I don't think Fields is a bad quarterback. The Bears are bad. The Bears are the bad. Bears stink. They need help. Like, he's throwing to dudes, like, I, what's the best receiver he's got? They traded Mooney? for Chase Claypool, and they, it was acting like he was traded for Calvin Johnson. Yeah, that's... Yeah, they got work to do. But yeah. Fields, no, I like, I mean... Ohio State needs a successful quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, and he was bad. almost a uh, – Fields was almost a nitty line. To give some advice on a, on a potential Fields purchase, right now everyone's saying he's like the hot guy and he's like finally taking a step forward and blah, blah, blah. If you're a Fields believer, I would wait. Don't wait until too late in the offseason because I think he's going to be the hot guy that everyone's going to want to buy. I would say maybe towards the end of this season when he cools off a little bit, maybe has a couple bad games on the stretch, then you buy the Fields card because the prices will go down. It'll be like boring time. People focus on the playoffs, all that stuff. We have to like reconfigure. We should have a conversation about like when's the right time to buy guys you believe in because it used to be just buy them in the offseason. Now everyone does that. So it's almost like you have to buy them at the end of the current season they're in if their team's not good. End, end of Between end of current season and before the uh, the draft. Yeah, that's right. 
I think the I think it would be a fun conversation to have next episode about the best division in football. Because I think if you looked at it right now, the AFC East is in that conversation. And that's crazy. I mean, we got a defense. I mean, the NFC East would be up there, too, with the Giants, Cowboys, Eagles, Commanders. It's one of the East divisions. Yeah, I don't know what other division you'd put up there. I mean, the Buccaneers are leading the division. Talk with the Falcons at four and five. Packers and Bears and Lions all have six losses. Yeah, it's it's one of the East divisions. It's just a matter of who you like better, pretty much. Probably the Bills, the Eagles, or the yeah. Giants, or the Dolphins. Yeah. I got another one. Uh, next question. This is uh, probably in more at Lou. Jayton says, is Josh Allen a buy? No, he's bad. <laughs> Josh Allen is not Josh bad. Josh Allen is really good. Josh Allen is a great quarterback. Yeah, top two quarterback in the league. Not against my teams. Agreed. I couldn't agree more with that statement. Yep. Not against my team. So I, I only watch my team. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I like Josh Allen. I hate the Bills. But Josh Allen is good. Hopefully, the nerve damage thing in his elbow is not super serious. Uh, I'm, I think he's a buy. Mm, I don't know about that. We'll see. They're good. Uh, hopefully, he stays healthy. Adam says, "Can Ryan, Tyler, and Lou do no shave November to see who can grow the best beard?" No, Mm-mm. absolutely not. If Definitely I go not. like four days, like it, it, it's it's uncomfortable. Like it's just not good. It's, yeah, I got no prayer. It's not good. Yeah, yeah listen. None. If we're in the trust tree, like I. I tried, <laughs> and it's pretty embarrassing what comes comes yeah. out of my face. So, like, I need to just stop. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Just being honest. It's, it's not good. It's like, uh, there shouldn't be any. Um, yeah, it's it's bad. Uh, Jeremy says, how can you start making money trading cards when you are a nomad and don't really have a home base? So receiving and shipping is very complicated. How do you use vaults and consignments to make it work? Thanks, guys. Love the show. It's a good question. Uh, I'm not super familiar with this as a, obviously I don't deal with this as much. Um, a lot of the international folks that I talk to, a lot of the international collectors talk about like stuff like uh, ship my cards as like, uh, hey, ship everything there and then gather one big shipment and then ship it to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe ComC, I believe some of these companies like PWCC with faults do something similar. Um, not sure as I've never used them for that reason. So I don't know. Um, I also know international collectors make friends with other collectors in the States and then they um, have everything shipped to them and then they ship it to them. You know, if you have somebody in the hobby that you trust that you are actually close with, that might help. I'm not sure I would call up somebody like Lou and say, hey, Lou, can I ship all my stuff to you and you ship them? Definitely Lou, will, t- Lou will tell you no, r- no, right? Polite but direct. Um, but I think there's companies like ship my cards and stuff that, uh, I've heard do something like that. Yeah, I like ComC for this. I like the PWCC vault for this. I like the all their vault products whenever they become you know more widely available. In a situation where you can just take your whole collection, ship it to PWCC or whoever, wherever you choose to use. PWCC is good because they have their own vaulting like system for like the posting it and putting it up for sale. And also you can do private deals and then just transfer the card to their vault and you know pwc takes a fee off of that and whatever like you're gonna have to pay a couple extra fees but it's very doable i think now like you don't really need to be able to ship yeah and that can happen at all different levels of cards like hundred dollar cards thousand dollar cards whatever ten dollar cards vaults are coming and then they'll all be fronted by nfts and you won't even know it 
Because it'll be the same thing. They just use the blockchain technology to make sure it's yours. It just says Polygon on it or some shit. <laughs> Jay, is there any more questions? Uh, Adrian says, any tips for analyzing raw cards condition on eBay? Always ask for extra pictures. Oh, don't do that. It's the only don't way to do, do that. it. Don't do that. Or will the person has to take clear pictures or you have to ask for more? Yeah. The, the best way to analyze, these days, right? look at the pictures that are available at hand. Either feel comfortable you're receiving what you're hoping to receive or not. You're gambling in some capacity because if you actually care about the condition, that means you want to probably grade it for the most part. For the most part. Which means that yeah. you're putting it into the grader's hand. But if the pictures aren't good enough and you want more, and if you don't get them, you're not comfortable in buying, then you should ask for more. The seller also yeah, may not want to deal with it. Yeah, true. Yeah, like, um, I mean, you say don't ask for more because you are a seasoned eBay seller and understand how you're supposed to pro- put the product listing and put photos. And so if someone, you know, wants more likelihood for your shop, there's other consumers that will come by and buy it anyway. And so the time, energy, yeah. effort. But if you come across a one-off card from, a you know, a mid-seller that doesn't put up good enough photos and you are actually interested in buying it, I can see you asking for more. The seller may not want to deal with it. That's your L. Yeah, the, the people that ask for, like, we'll get messages every now and then that are like, hey, are there any dings, dents? nicks scratches surface scuffs like the people that list are there any of these 80 things on there like 99 percent of the time that just triggers headache almost all the time like i don't know what it is about that question but like th- that type of question just leads to like hey like we're not intending to sell cards that are psa or sgc sixes on ebay without disclosing it that is not the intention but not every card is a PSA 10. If you want a PSA 10, buy a PSA 10. That's what shows, shops, and extra pictures are. I get it. That's what they're for, especially the in-person stuff. Um, but like, I don't, it, it, it's tough. I buy cards on eBay all the time. Like, do they come with soft corners or light scratches or scuffs or things like that? Yeah, it's just part of like cards. I don't buy cards on eBay. I never have gone into it buying a card saying, hey, this card is going to get a 10. I'm going to grade this and get a 10. And I'm going to make a lot of extra money. I go into it. If it happens to be super clean and gets a 10, right, through any grading company, that to me is a bonus, but it's not the reason I ever buy something on eBay. And again, I understand I'm different on that, but I think the the ability to buy and transact and uh, look for stuff for grading is an in-person type thing where you can see the card and evaluate it by yourself. I don't like, because I think you're setting yourself up and the buyer up for potential failure when you buy a card on eBay after you ask for multiple pictures. I take the card, right? I show you all these different angles. I show it to you and you get it. And it's not quite like you like it. There's a little tiny scratch you could barely see. You couldn't see in the pictures. I just think that just leads to things that you're like, hey, I saw this in person. I wouldn't have it, but I I didn't see this in the picture. Now I got to return it. It just... I guess. Yeah, I know what you're saying with the too many. You're right. That You're right. I take I take back what I said. People have to take clear pictures, and also people have to understand you're not going to get a perfect card. And I understand that there are people out there that are like, hey, I'm not taking more pictures. I'm trying to take this card that has got a big old thing in it. I'm trying to sell it on eBay, and I'm trying to put it on you. I get that. That It's just the name of the game. It's like the boxes questions we, we talked about earlier. Uh, 
it's it's it is what it is. It happens. Ninety nine percent of people aren't doing that. Um, so I understand both sides of it, but yeah, it's I, I think if you're buying with the intention to grade, right, you're looking for clean, raw copies, there are better places to like buying something that you can't you can only see through a picture is a little bit a little bit trickier. But I'm open to feedback on that. I could be persuaded one way or the other if somebody has much better experience doing that for a living than I do. I it's not something I've ever tried to make something happen. All right, wrap it up with the last question. Michael Burgess says, uh, when does a comp change? Let's say a card sold a couple times three to five months ago in the off season for 150 to 165. I bought it for 61 due to the fact that I thought it was a good deal compared to the last sold. Now, when I'm trying to flip it, everyone wants to be under my comp. Context, it's a Trey Young rookie at a 99 PSA 9. I think this situation is a one-off situation because the off season was months ago, but so was a better market. So I think there's other things at play here, not just the off season. Yeah. The card market was stronger in May and June than it is in October and November. So the markets aren't equal in that scenario. The market is down 30% across the board minimum from that time period. So while you might've had a gain on the off season not being a thing, I don't think the card market is as hot as it was in May or June. And I think that plays into it. Agreed. I, would agree. I think that's right. I think, but it only takes, but it only takes one person to buy the card. Facts. I think you can't look at sales in the vacuum of like the when it comes to things like this, which is a numbered card, but it's like a fairly liquid thing, like a Trey Young at a ninety nine PSA nine. There's stuff. There are cards available like that on a fairly regular basis. You are at the mercy of the market trends of that moment. And I think we also talk about this. Like I've talked about this a lot with my team recently, especially in a down market that. I don't think the comps tell the entire story. I think there are cards like I saw one the other day that like said the Mahomes Prism PSA 10 was being manipulated, that there was like $4,000 PSA 10 sales or what or whatnot after they were doing 3,500 consistently. Um, we've been having conversation with that in shop that like, you know, there was, for instance, here's a great example. This, this was a, we lost $1,000 on one card, $1,000. We had an Aaron Judge uh, 2022 silver pack auto out of 10 PSA nine walk-in shop. It was a part of a bigger deal. Um, the rest of the deal was pretty good, but the one card was that we bought that we took a chance on. Uh, one of my guys bought at paid 1200 for it. Okay. Uh, there was one comp on the card a few months earlier at $3,200 for a PSA 10, 3,200. Okay. Uh, put the card up for 2,500, no bites. No, it was up for best offer, no bites. 25, no best, uh, no offers. 24, no offers. 22, no offers. Two grand, no offers. I said, if you put it up for two grand and you haven't got an offer at any point in time after lowering it, auction it, okay? Uh, at, at this point, judges lost, they're out, it's over. He's already had his moment with the seventh most home runs ever. A shout out to Lou. Uh, auction the card, okay? Pay 1,200. The card sold on eBay for, I'll tell you, I don't, I don't have the exact amount. I could probably pull the picture up, uh, two, I'll tell you right here, 2000 or I'm sorry, $247 and 51 cents. It's tough. $247. And so I think that 
the comps don't always tell the complete story on that. Like markets change, players change, demand changes, right? Like Burrow has a good game, Burrow has a bad game. Josh Allen's got a great game. Josh Allen gets hurt and loses to the Jets. Like I think things change a lot. So I don't know if comps always, always tell the, tell, tell the complete story. He lost and got hurt at the end. He didn't get hurt and then lost. Like he didn't lose because he was injured. Just want to make sure that's clear. Fair. Yeah, it was the last draft. Anyway. It was the second to last play of the game. And he got smoked. Fair. Fair. Okay. And then he short hopped the next ball because his nerves yep. and his hands were bad. And Lou was so yep. and then he just And then he threw up two of the worst interceptions I've ever seen. Let's wrap it up. All right. Uh, shout out to those of you that are still here. If you're still here, I want you to comment below with your favorite moment from the show this year. All right. Good question. We'll, uh, we'll close this week's episode with uh, latest launch. We've got some stuff coming out this week. The big one we've got for latest launch, we've got stitch and stat, uh, stitch, stitches and slabs basketball from Leaf. Uh, the big one will be Prism World Cup soccer. Ty, probably excited for that. You've got Upper Deck Series 1 hockey. You have uh, Pokemon Sword and Shield Silver Tempest uh, booster boxes come out. Uh, you've got, uh, no, that's it. Yep. Alan and Ginner Baseball is next week. So, got some Pokemon, hockey, World Cup soccer, and then a Leaf basketball product. World Cup. Yeah, get me to the World Cup. Get me to the World Cup. Ty, who's going to win the World Cup? The U.S.? No. France. France? No, no, France. France? I think think Brazil's going to win it. I do. Wow. That was yeah, an early like prediction that you thought a lot about because that might come back around. Yeah. That one hits. I like Brazil. I like Brazil. Okay. They're the favorite, but I like Brazil. How often does the favorite... I would I would be curious to know how often the favorite wins the World Cup. Uh, I don't know. We could go back and look. Yeah. All right. It's a wrap. Shout out to everybody. Made it this far. We'll see you guys next week. Peace and love. Peace, guys. See you, gang. That's a wrap on Card Talk this week. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you listen and get notified when we publish a new episode. It'd mean the world to us if you gave us a five-star rating and shared this episode with a friend. We'd love to answer your questions, so email us at cardtalkpod at gmail.com and we'll get to it in the next episode. Card Talk is a 1.37 p.m. podcast and a Gallery Media Group original production.